You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. The 757 is steeped in high school and college sports tradition. It's time to give local sports the spotlight it deserves every single night. It's the 757 at 6 on ESPN Radio 94.1. 757 at 6, ESPN Radio 94.1. Coming up a little bit later on in the show, you can hear from Kevin Decker, brand new ODU offensive coordinator, spoke with him earlier. That conversation coming up in the not-too-distant future. Also on our Twitter page, at ESPN Radio 941, or my page, at Donnelly Sports, uh, you can help out Coach Decker, send him some uh, some recommendations, things to do in the area, restaurants, things of that nature. He is brand new. Uh, when we spoke to him earlier today, he said all he's done is uh, HR paperwork. So we can help him, you know, nowhere to go. If you ever move to a new area, sometimes it's just nice to know where to get a good meal. You're tired, you're moving new job, all that kind of stuff, so we can help him out. Again, check it out on Twitter. All of our social media brought to you by Dominion Floor Covering. Now, one thing we do here on this show uh, is something I call tracking the 757. Athletes from the area that are going on to the highest level of their sport, that are are playing the the uh, playing in the highest level of their sport, and, and we track what they're doing. From Franklin to Virginia Beach, Chesapeake to Williamsburg, and everywhere in between, Hampton Roads is home to the best athletes performing on the biggest stages. It's Team USA, one and two at the moment. Martin is a Spain is coming on strong. Brad Holloway defends his world championship. 13-04 and wins at home. With the 15th pick in the 2022 NBA Draft, the Charlotte Hornets select Mark Williams from Duke University. It's time to track the 757's biggest stars on ESPN Radio 94.1. Today I want to track Josh Sweat. Oscar Smith High graduate, Chesapeake native, uh, edge rusher for the Philadelphia Eagles. And the reason why I want to track Sweat this week is because he had the best game of his, I mean from the basic stats, the best game of his season this past weekend for the Eagles. Two sacks against the Tennessee Titans which I believe uh, greatly contributed to the fact that the Eagles smashed the Tennessee Titans because that defensive front has been one of the, the especially at stopping the run, has been one of the, the few, I don't want to say holes, but the few things that like eh, you leave a little bit desired for the Eagles. And if you have someone like Sweat getting it together, edge rushing, and you pair him with maybe a guy like Hassan Reddick, who's another edge rusher that's pretty darn talented, and and Brandon Graham, who's more of a veteran guy. But if Sweat and Reddick especially get it cranking, then you can leave players like Fletcher Cox. You can leave players like Javon Hargrave and Dominican Sue, some of these newer players that they've brought in, Linvale Joseph in the defensive tackle area to focus on swallowing up the run. But the, the interesting part is you talk about that defensive front and all of those other guys, just about all of them that I mentioned, get more hype, get more pub, meaning publicity, than Sweat. Right? Hassan Reddick is, is a big name. Hargrave, definitely Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox definitely uh, Indomitian Sue. 
Like these guys are, are names that more people know, but I actually think uh, Sweat may be kind of that that underrated, super important player that could be the difference between the Eagles being a great regular season team and the Eagles being a true contender. If Sweat starts getting home and he's third on the team in sacks, Reddick one with nine, Hargrave two with eight, then Sweat with six and a half, but two of them came this past weekend. If he gets to the point where he's consistently pressuring and consistently uh, getting the quarterback on the ground, then that Oscar Smith high graduate can can free up everybody else, right? It's 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 a big moment when you can take your best players and you don't have to depend on them and you just get to cut them loose, right? Imagine if the Rams like rush defense was so bad that they had to take uh uh so they had to take someone like Aaron Donald and just put him in the A gap and say I need you to swallow up two two blockers and you have to do that every play. But Aaron Donald gets to be truly special when the run defense is good, right? When Bobby Wagner's going or their other de- interior defensive linemen are going. So now you can say all right, you guys got the run taken care of. We're going to move Aaron Donald around. He's going to be outside some plays, inside some plays, stand up some plays, uh, four-point stance some plays. The opposing team's never going to know where he's lined up. That's where the good happens. So Sweat getting the, the edge rushing taken care of without someone like Fletcher Cox having to make that a priority, you now get to turn to Fletcher Cox and say, yeah, do whatever you want because you got this taken care of. That's lovely, right? That that's worth its weight in gold. So so Josh Sweat is is. I mean, it's the best of both worlds. Meaning, I was going to say he's like the offensive line of the defense because he's just going to do a job that lets someone else star. But it would be as if like the offensive line got to collect stats and and be celebrated. He gets to be an edge rusher that gets sacks, which is like the the one of the the sexiest, flashiest stats a defensive player can get. But also, while doing that, you're going to free up others to do other things, which is very offensive line of you. It would be as if offensive line got touchdowns for good blocks. Who wouldn't want to be an offensive lineman in that case? You get to say you're unselfish. You're just there to help out the rest of the team. You're you're a grinder, but then you also get to score touchdowns. That's the position Josh Sweat is in right now for, by the way, the team with the best record in the NFL. So he gets to turn his sights on someone like Daniel Jones this upcoming week, and, and who's not in for that? Right, you know, Fletcher Cox and Dominican Sue, uh, uh, Javon Hargrave. You guys deal with Saquon if he plays. If he doesn't play, you guys deal with. Uh, they they have someone else that I would recognize. Who's the backup running back? It's a great question, Tim. And I'm a Giants fan. Yeah, I, don't even know the I, I looked at you like like you, I know. It's it's somebody that I'd I'd recognize when when you say it. Um, Matt Breida. Breida. That's exactly who it is. And and we're gonna pretend you knew that right off the top of 100%. your head. Hundred percent. Yep. So either you can tell those other guys you deal with with Brita or or Saquon if he's healthy, and I'll take care of the passing game. When Danny has to wait for someone like Darius Slayton to get open, I'll be there. That's awesome. And also, you know, not only are they fun, not only are they flashy and, and bring sizzle, sacks also get you paid. 
right? If, 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 if Sweat, I don't know when his contract is up, but if he wants to go back with his handout, the next time that that option is available, it is much better to have uh, much be- much better to have a whole bunch of sacks on your resume. So go ahead and, and make that happen is how I want to describe that. I also, and, and I don't do this often, uh, there's a changing of gears here, uh, but but I didn't, uh, you know, there's no real easy time to transition to this sort of thing. I want to give the NCAA and UVA a shout out real quick. Um, we all know the tragedy that took place at OD, or uh, sorry, at UVA um, involving three players losing their lives uh, due to a, a, a shooting on a bus and another being injured and another student also uh, being being injured in the shooting. So so five victims in total, three lost their lives. Um, but it, it was announced recently that uh, the NCAA, after being asked by UVA, will allow uh, all UVA football players whose last year of eligibility was this past season to have another year of eligibility. Um, now they canceled their last two games of the regular season, and and so they didn't get you know senior day and that sort of thing. But also that that I mean. Honestly, UVA should be able to ask for anything, and the NCAA should say, "Yep, what else do you need?" And and it probably goes to show how backwards UVA has been in the past. Or sorry, NCAA has been in the past. But I wasn't sure that was going to happen. I thought there would be, you know, UVA saying, "Hey, is there any way this could happen?" I thought the NCAA would say, "I would give them an unfair advantage." That's, that's no, that's absolutely. And all I could think of was bigger than football, right? Bigger than the NCAA, bigger than eligibility rules. Um, like I said, UVA should be able to ask for almost literally anything, and the NCAA should say, "Yep, is there anything else I can get you? Is there anything else we can do? What else do you need?" And it seems like that's kind of how it went. So, so I, I just want to give them kudos because we we do um, bash the NCAA when, when they do something that irks us. So I just want to be fair and praise them when they do something, even when it's common sense, but when it is something that, that I think should be done. Um, and then, you know, for all of you that, that are the most cynical amongst us, you know, you have to trust UVA to never nefariously think like, Oh, we can use this. That's heinous and disgusting. And I don't believe that would ever happen. So this is a situation where everybody's just trusting each other everyone's helping each other everyone you know unites in in the face of tragedy and and we give all of the the you know the support for those types of interactions so credit to the NCAA credit to UVA and again as always and as it has been since the moment it happened we're just hoping everybody gets uh the support they need to move forward and and to deal with things in the best way they possibly can uh, as I said earlier, uh, Kevin Decker, ODU offensive coordinator, brand new offensive coordinator, is uh, joined us earlier today, and that conversation is going to be re-aired for you coming up next. So uh, an introduction to the new offensive coordinator, offensive architect for ODU coming up next. Welcome back into ESPN Radio 94.1. Joining us now, brand new ODU offensive coordinator Kevin Decker uh, comes to ODU by way of Fordham. Coach, are you, are you settled in yet? Have you even gotten to like drive no. by the beach? No, not even close. <laughs> I haven't seen the water. I have no idea where anything is except my uh, HR forms that I need to fill out. Well, uh, I'll, I'll put it this way. I know you're on Twitter, so we'll, we'll tell the listeners to give you re- restaurant recommendations and everything else for, for once you get settled in, okay? That would, that would be huge. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, 
thank you for taking taking the time. I know things are crazy, uh, but but I want to kind of get to know you a little bit, see what kind of offense you're bringing, and and part of that is is bringing an actual person, Alex Huddle, your your offensive line coach, coming with you from Fordham. What is it about him? I, I'm sure you were a, a big part of you know him making the transition along with you. What is it about him and, and his offensive lines play that that made him so vital? <clears throat> I mean, obviously, Coach Hutt has done a tremendous job, been with him for two years now. And, you know, in my opinion, everyone says the quarterback is the most important position on the field. I think it's second to the offensive line. Um, he's done a tremendous job. The biggest thing is, and the most important thing in my mind with an offensive staff, is speaking the same language and being on the same page. And obviously, for two years now, me and Hutt have had some success together. Um, he's a big part of what we do in terms of the run game and the pass protection. Um, and I knew to feel most comfortable with this transition, him coming would be a huge part of that. So I'm very fortunate and appreciative of uh, Coach Ronnie for allowing that to happen. Kevin Decker, ODU's brand-new offensive coordinator, joining us here on the phone lines. Spoken like a true former quarterback to to downplay the importance of the quarterback and hype up the big guys up front. I, I see what you're doing there. Uh, yeah, but but let's talk about the the position you played. Uh, what do you need in a quarterback? It's obviously always uh, you know the the big question: Who's it going to be? What are you looking for with your offense? What do you need at that position? The biggest thing is we're looking for a guy first and foremost who is consistently accurate. I'm a firm believer that you know if a play design works and a, you know you got a guy opening grass that ball needs to be put on him 100% of the time you can't waste good plays in my opinion so first and foremost i look for a guy who's always putting the ball in the appropriate spots spots where only the receiver can get it right mm-hmm. and if he happens to be a little bit athletic i do that as a bonus <laughs> but i'm not going to i'm not going to sacrifice accuracy as a passer just because a guy can run I think that second, first and foremost, that kid needs to be putting the ball in good spots. Um, If he can run around a little bit and go outside the playbook and make us as coaches look good, yes, that would be a bonus. And then third, he's got to be tough. You know, he's got to hang in there. He's going to take some shots. How does he respond after being whacked? You know, those are the three biggest things that I'm looking for in the queue. Coaching trees are are a thing, right? That probably get talked about more in the media than than in in coaching rooms, but – uh, I know you played in New Hampshire, and 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 seemingly everything at some point goes back to Chip Kelly. There, you put up a ton of points. You're a fast-moving offense. Would you say that's kind of your your lineage? That's where it goes back to. In terms of the spacing piece and the tempo, yes, but kind of the general philosophy of this whole offense is similar to him, but it's definitely different from what we were doing up at UNH because you're always looking to get better. You're always mm-hmm. looking to evolve, and it's. If you look at Chip right now at UCLA, it is completely different from what he was doing uh, at UNH. He has changed, and I have as well. Just along the way, you know, you meet new people from different staffs, and I was fortunate enough to cross paths with a kid who was a student assistant at Central Florida for Josh Heupel. And I'm not an idiot. I said to the kid, you guys are scoring a million points. Just tell me what you were doing. <laughs> and I – kind of dove into that for like two years and now you know it has become what i would like to run if the personnel fits and it has i've been fortunate and from what i've seen down here it fits down here as well but in terms of uh the tempo piece and the spacing piece yes that is still similar to chip but you know this the verbiage and the formations really the spacing of the formations are a little bit different 
So what you're saying is we're going to get a UCLA Tennessee offense hybrid? Yeah, something like that. I think you could say. <laughs> uh, sounds exciting to me. Uh, and yeah. and uh, Kevin Decker, brand new ODU offensive coordinator, joining us here. Uh, I mean, it, whatever you've done, at least it, at Fordham as of late, it's it's worked. Forty nine and a half points per game. I'm actually a little frustrated with you because if you averaged another half point per game, we could just say fifty, and that would that would be. I know. It would be I so know. much easier for us. But uh, yeah. forty nine and a half is still absolutely bananas. It like, do you expect? expect not not to bring obviously that kind of production but but how do you bring that kind of explosiveness going from the fcs level up to the fbs level in the sunbelt one i think it starts with recruiting um you got to have the guys who have the ability to make those plays and get the ball in the end zone um i wouldn't say we expect it and that was something that i always reminded the kids at fordham about like through six, seven weeks of the season, you know, the kids know that right now, you know, we average the most yards and most points through the season. But I say, guys, just understand this doesn't just happen. All right. Don't focus on the result. Focus on the process. And, you know, our motto was just continue to play fast, play hard, play smart, take care of the football. And I'll tell them if we do those things, we are going to be successful. So it's just making sure that they're always coming back to our concrete principles of those four things and we're going to be successful and we were lucky enough to do those things for the better part of the year um and i'm very happy for the kids that they got to experience that success we're talking with kevin decker odu offensive coordinator uh you mentioned that that you you kind of looked at the the roster do you think some of the, the the talent is going to be able to run your offense how much evaluation have you done of the guys currently on the odu roster and and what's your initial reaction to that um, a little bit. It honestly, at this point in the process, has not been my number one priority. It's as boring <laughs> as it sounds. It's doing the 13 HR forms and filling out my benefits and, you know, my banking information. And on top of that, at this point of the year, it's recruiting. But I wouldn't, I'm not going to lie, late at night before I leave, I'll just buzz through some practice film um, and I'll eval some kids. And what I see right now is a definite ability up front. We got some athletic kids who can bend and move some people. So I was excited about that. Um, we have experience returning at the quarterback position, but I'm looking at the toys around the quarterback. I'm just seeing speed um, from some guys on the offensive side, which which I am very excited about and kind of our philosophy here. With the skill guys, we don't give them any rules. We don't want them to think. We tell them run fast, make full speed decisions. You're always right. Be needy, not greedy. Get yourself a ball. Um, and if we can get them playing even faster from what I've seen on film, um, I think we'll be in good shape. Uh, if, if if you talk to Coach Ronnie, he'll let you know that every time he joins the show, we, we have a quarterback question. Uh, if you're focused mm-hmm. on, on the weapons, right, you, you can't help but see the quarterback. What, what what have you seen from from Hayden when you buzz through those practice films? Hayden, first, first and foremost, I've sat down with Hayden three times. He's a tremendous kid. You can tell that he cares. You can tell that he's very, very smart, which is good because we're going to put a lot on his and the other quarterbacks' plates here. Um, I look at him in the practice film. He's decisive. He knows where he's going with the football, and that's going to be on the front of his playbook. You don't need to be perfect. You just need to be decisive. And I see that from him, um, and I think there's a lot to work with there. Um, I think if we can quicken up his delivery a little bit, and that comes back to just playing fast and playing confident, I think he'll be in tremendous shape. 
We're talking with Kevin Decker, who you uh, that's the voice you're hearing. New offensive coordinator, ODU, comes from Fordham, where he led the FCS in a whole bunch of offensive stats, or his offense did. Uh, this is a very 2022 question. Do you reach out to guys in the portal uh, that are – we're on ODU this past year and are in the portal now. There's some names that, that everybody got very excited about this season that are exploring their options. Do you do you reach out to those guys to see if you can uh, change their mind? Yes, 100%. I've reached out to a couple of them. Um, really just talking to them. Um, I explain the philosophy of the offense and how I think their specific skill set will fit perfectly, and it does from what I've seen. Um, but then just talking to them, getting to know them as kids, getting getting them to know me as a person, uh, just trying to get them to become more comfortable with me. And, you know, kids got to do what's in their best interest. I understand that. All I can do is present our argument, tell them what we're going to do, let them get to know me. And if he decides to come back, great. If not, we got to plug and play. What about the the rest of the portal? What's your 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 opinion on? And I know this this obviously is a is a Coach Ronnie decision, and it's it's you know in, in many cases uh, you know a group decision. But what, what's your opinion on bringing guys in that are maybe more veteran that, that can jump in right away and, and bring that experience? 100%. You know, the portal is something that's that's been new to me. We didn't take a whole lot of transfers at Fordham. You know, we had a couple, but they were even taken when I first got there four years ago before the portal became a thing and it was sit-out rules and all that. So this new, you know, one-time transfer play right away is new for me. I literally just got access to, you know, I just learned how to access the portal <laughs> and – It's like the Matrix, right? Just numbers falling from the sky? Yeah, it's growing. It's growing every five minutes. You know, there's there's 15 new names in there. It's it's pretty wild. But you dig through them. You look for things that you think can translate. And, yeah, I'm reaching out to a lot of kids um, that I think can fit this scheme. So you're always looking for ways to make your team better. And if they're veteran and they've they've played before, even better. So, yep, that is something that I have accessed. and, And there are a lot of good players out there. Now it's getting them on campus, having them see the place. And, you know, if we like them as a kid, because I, you know, I never met these kids. You want to get them here, meet them, uh, check all the character boxes. And then if it's a fit, that would be great. How quickly in those those initial conversations do the words 600-plus yards per game of offense and 49-and-a-half points come up? Oh, at least it's the first thing we talk about. You there know, you go. You, you're always trying to stand out. You know, everyone's recruiting these kids, you know. So you ask yourself, how can I stand out to this kid? And, you know, those were pretty good numbers last year that our guys were, were able to uh, get. So, yeah, you know, you throw out 609, antennas go up, and, you know, they want to know more. And then we dive into more. But then you also just kind of want to talk to them about non-football things, just life and getting to know them. Um, and it's been a joy. You know, it's one of the great things about our profession is, you know, we meet so so many new people every year in the recruiting process, and it's, it, it makes you feel good if you can help a kid, you know, take the next step in his life and and, and better his career. What what is the portal? Like when you say you have access, like are you just sitting there refreshing a web page? Is there an app? It's so new to all of us. What, what what are we looking at? So everyone's trying to capitalize on it. You know, it's uh, you have multiple different websites that. You know, the actual portal is great, but it may not give you all the information on the kids you want. So you have these companies that take all those names, put them in their database, and then they give you more information on the kid. I, I, I can't even tell you the names of them. They're just saved on my bookmarks here <laughs> on my computer. But, yeah, there's there's more than a couple of different ways to access information on all these kids. 
We're talking with Kevin Decker, new ODU offensive coordinator. Just a couple more for you, and thank you for taking the time out of, out of your, I'm sure, whirlwind, the HR forms and everything that you mentioned. Uh, what's your relationship with Coach Ronnie, right? Uh, what Was there a previous relationship? What made him the guy you wanted to come down here and work for? No, no. And to be honest, uh, I haven't I haven't even met him yet in person. <laughs> um, we, we've talked on the phone a bunch. I, I, it's actually, I was telling my girlfriend last night, it's so weird that I haven't met him. I feel like I already know him just because we've talked so much. You know, we've done Zooms. Uh, but he's been on the road recruiting, and I have no previous relationship. I don't even think, you know, when he offered me the job, obviously I'm trying to gather information. So I talked to Chip. I talked to my old head coach at UNH. I talked to my old offensive coordinator at COC at Memphis. I talked to another guy I know is that guy at Delaware. And no one really has that great of a relationship with him, but every single person that I talked to would reach out to people who did know him, and I heard nothing but glowing things about the guy. And, you know, we talked a few times before I accepted it, and the more and more I talked to Coach Ronnie, the more and more I liked him and felt more comfortable with my decision. So, you know, for me personally, it's always good to get outside your tree. I think this is the first time I've been hired from someone that's been outside of my quote-unquote tree, so I'm pretty excited about that guy being Coach Ronnie. Coach, I, I, I specifically waited until the end to bring this up. I hope you don't hold it against me, but but you brought up Coach Cardi. Uh, I, I played at yeah. the University of, of Delaware, and uh, 2010, we, we may have matched up in the playoffs as backup quarterbacks, and, and I, yeah. it, it, it was a good game for us, so I, I just wanted to, to you know put it out in the open, and hopefully you won't, you won't hold that against me. So you guys beat Pat Devlin, right? Yep, Pat Devlin was, was our starter. You had a R, RJ a, something? Or, or? RJ Tolman. Yep, so, there yeah, there you go. You, you guys beat us in a low-scoring game, second round of the playoffs. I was disappointed because I actually started the previous game in the first round down at a Bethune-Cookman because R.J. was mm-hmm. hurt. And we uh, we won like 48-24 is the most points we scored all year. I was like, let's go. Yeah, they're definitely going to give me the nod <laughs> going into Delaware. But then R.J. got healthy, and I get it. They went with the senior, and uh, you know I was dying to get into that game. And I would like to think if I was in that game, we'd be talking about something completely different right now. Well, as as we get to know each other, I'll put you in touch with some uh, some defensive guys that that probably would like to argue that it wouldn't have been any different. But that's <laughs> that's how football goes, right? That's how football goes. Uh, it sure does. Well, welcome to the area. Uh, like I said, we'll, we'll we'll put your Twitter handle out there so everybody can send you the restaurant recs and, and, and all that sort of thing. Uh, but we're excited to see what your offense can do. And, and like I've been saying throughout the interview, thank you for taking time out of your whirlwind intro to jump on the show. Thank you. Appreciate you having me, guys. And, yeah, the restaurant thing would be would be huge. I know me and my girlfriend would appreciate that. Perfect. Well, hopefully we'll catch up again soon this offseason. Thanks a lot, Tim. Appreciate it. Highlighting local high school athletes and coaches. It's the number one local sports radio station in the 757. This is ESPN Radio 94.1, and this is the 757 at 6. 757 at 6, ESPN Radio 94.1 on a Friday. Thank you to Coach Decker, Kevin Decker, brand new offensive coordinator for ODU who joined the show, joined the station earlier today. You just heard our conversation. If you missed it, it can be found at ESPNRadio941.com. That is our podcast, or that is our obviously our station website. You can find the podcast page there, uh, and the, the Coach Decker interview is already up there. Now, welcome to the FBS, Coach Decker. Uh, you have one conversation, and we analyze it. 
Right? I'm, I'm sure that was his first bit of of media, right? All he had done up to this point is is HR paperwork uh, and fill out his bank statement information and a little bit of recruiting. And um, and let's dive in, shall we? Raise your hand. Actually, don't if you're driving. If you were surprised, and if you missed this, I'll you'll be surprised right now. When he said he had yet to meet Coach Ronnie in person. If you are a head coach, and Coach Ronnie is, uh, and you're hiring an offensive coordinator off a team that that down the stretch on that six-game losing streak had some games where the offense really left a lot to be desired. We're talking about getting shut out, three points here, that kind of deal. Your offensive coordinator is pretty darn important. And and it's why I don't complain a ton. A lot of people do in college, or sorry, in coaching, about the good old boy network where it's like, oh, you have to be a friend of, everyone recycles. I hate the recycling of head coaches, but I get it when a head coach is like, I want someone I've worked with before to be my coordinator because you have to trust them implicitly. You have to know their work ethic. You have to know you agree with their philosophies. And if it doesn't work out, it can really uproot a season. CODU last year, right? Dave Patinode resigned two weeks before the, the season, and it uprooted in, in some ways, I'm sure, ODU season. So now he's going to Kevin Decker. This is very much a match made in scheme, right? This is this is a coach saying, I've seen your offense, I've seen your 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 scheme, I've seen your production, I've seen how you call a game, and I feel like I know you, right? I it's one of those deals where uh, and I've said this in the past, I think the best way to get to know somebody, and this is coming from an athlete, is to play pickup basketball with them. Like you see the way someone plays pickup basketball, you know everything there is to know about them. If they're calling cheap fouls, if they're arguing, if they're going really aggressive, if they're setting screens, if they're taking charges, if they're a ball hog, if they talk a lot, like a lot of, you, you got over there, you got over there, screen, 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 coming over, coming over. Like you, you know what type of person they are if you play like two or three best to 11 pickup games with someone. I think there is an element of if you are an offensive minded coach and you watch the way somebody runs their offense, you feel like, you know, that person. So coach Decker and coach Ronnie haven't even been in the same room together. They've zoomed. They've obviously talked. They've I'm sure looked at film together, all that sort of thing. I bet you they feel like they know each other just off of like, I saw what you did with the the halfback there. Love it. Saw what you did with the motion. Look at you. Like, your buddies. Also, I love that when I asked, and I was almost making a joke about it because it's it's like, it's superfluous, right? It's, it's exaggeration. It's hyperbolic. I'm just a thesaurus today. Um, that when I said, so what we're going to get is a Tennessee slash Chip Kelly at UCLA hybrid offense. He was like, yeah, that's the goal. I love that he didn't like try to tamp that down because Tennessee's offense when cooking is awesome. You're on the line 8 seconds, right? You're you're running quickly. It's it's very decisive for the quarterback, meaning Hendon Hooker oftentimes had like one read, right? You watch one defender goes left, throws here, goes right, go there and it's quick and and you keep the other team's defense on the field and it and it's high high paced. And Chip Kelly basically created that kind of deal back Back on a national stage at Oregon, he obviously had been working on it in New Hampshire, which we discussed, right? Remember the boards? Remember how revolutionary that was? Oh, look, they have Kirk Herbstreet, Santa Claus, an onion, and the letter R on a on a board, and somehow that makes them go faster. And they had like Jeremiah Masoli. Um, it, it, it was 
like a hybrid of those two offenses is like, you know, a, a young musician saying, well, I'm trying to be, you know, a little Whitney and a little Freddie Mercury. Like it's, it's like, oh, okay, sure. Go for it. And he didn't back down from it. So, so he's coming in with high expectations for his offense. He's confident in his relationship with coach Ronnie, despite never being in the same room with him. Uh, I also thought it was interesting that he's already reached out to guys in the portal, meaning players from ODU last year that have put their name in the portal. Now, he didn't name names. I'm going to take a guess. I think Ali Jennings has probably gotten a call, has probably gotten a, hey, would you mind chatting? I would guess Blake Watson has gotten a call. Hey, would you mind chatting? I know that you decided to put your name in the portal, uh, but that's when you were leaving an ODU team that didn't have an offensive coordinator that put up 609 yards of total offense each game last year at the FCS level. I know you put your name in the portal, but that's when you were leaving a, an offense that didn't have an offensive coordinator that put up 49 and a half points per game last year at the FCS level. And I'm bringing that offense up. And it's a hybrid between Tennessee and Chip Kelly. Does that interest you? Does that does that make you hesitate any more than you would have a, a, a week ago? I think that conversation would be interesting. And then the last thing that stood out to me, and I'll make this point quickly, talking about his quarterback, he said accuracy. You have to be able to hit every open wide receiver. You can't waste good plays. Athleticism is a bonus. That goes against a lot of what we're seeing in modern college football. It seems like a lot of modern college football is – We'll find the quarterback that has all the athletic traits and we'll figure out the rest later. He's going, no, no, no. I want an accurate quarterback if he can run fine. I'll use that in a break glass in case of emergency situation. So we learned a lot about Coach Decker. Hopefully we'll continue to have those chats, learn more about him. And he didn't hold it against me that my team beat his in the playoffs. There, I, there's no reason for me to bring that back up again other than I wanted to. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to get out of here, start my weekend early. Robbie's going to round out the show after this with Robbie's Roundout. Uh, thank you to everybody that tunes in, as always, to the 757 at 6. I'll see you next week. Have a great night, everybody. The clock is running out on the 757 at 6. That means it's time for Robbie's Roundout. Here is Robbie Vogler on ESPN Radio 94.1. That's right, Robbie's Roundout, ESPN Radio 94.1. Hope you're doing well on this Friday. Congratulations. If you work Monday through Friday, you made it through another week. And hopefully you are on your way home. You are on your way out for a night on the town, whatever you you plan on doing. What I plan on doing when I get off here in just a couple of minutes, I'm going to go home. I'm going to relax, maybe put on a Christmas movie. I don't know. We'll see. But I hope you are doing well. And this is the 757 at 6, Robbie's Roundout, to round out your week. And we have to talk about something that's going to be in our backyard. A little state championship action. Maury versus Highland Springs. Highland Springs obviously coming in as the, the Class 5 favorite. They have, you talk about domination over the last maybe six, seven years. You think of Highland Springs. And Highland Springs, the the Springers have played in the state championship five times during the span from 2015 to now. They've won titles in 2015, 16, 17, and 18. 
and they're back. Maury has been in this situation before where they've, you know, kind of going into the, the game as the underdog and they haven't been able to pull it out. It's going to be the last chance for Maury to, to beat Highland Springs in a state championship. Highland Springs is about to, uh, to move up a class. They will be moving up to class six next season. So this is really the time. ODU it, season's over, but the stadium is going to be used. That's right. ODU's SB Ballard stadium is the site of this year's class five title. It's going to be at noon tomorrow. Weather should be nice. Look chilly. This is what I'm talking about. And we talked all season long. I have waxed poetic about all the teams in this area. Maury needs to get it done. And I don't think anybody wants to see this done more than I do. It's unbelievable to me just to see what Maury has done. Highland Springs has over the last, the recent history, dating back to 2018, Highland Springs is pretty much taking care of business when it comes to Maury. In the state semifinal back in 2018, Highland Springs beat Maury 71 to 28. In the state semifinal, back in 2021, so last season, Highland Springs shut them out 13 to nothing. Again, in the state semifinal. You're seeing a lot of narrative kind of going around of the big rivalry between Highland Springs and Maury High School. And I think it was Maury High School's uh, coach that said, can't be a rivalry if, if we don't get the job done. Can't be one-sided if it can't be a rivalry if the, if the game's going to be one-sided all the time. And that's why I love Maury in this game. It's going to be right down the road. I may be, I may be going to the game. So if you are there, if, if you have a day afternoon to, to enjoy some football, head on over to SP Ballard Stadium. Go get your tickets online and enjoy some high school football against two of the best teams in the state. It's going to be a lot of fun. Maury, it's kind of like their home game. They play their games at ODU, not at SP Ballard Stadium. Obviously, it's going to be a bigger stage. But they play their games at Powhatan, just a couple blocks away from SB Ballard Stadium. The respect that these two teams have for each other is important. But at the end of the day, Maury needs to show up, improve not only to themselves, but to Highland Springs that, hey, we belong in your category. All season long, I said Green Run was the team to beat. Maury went out last weekend and beat Green Run. It was a very good game. The offenses were were absolutely, you know, they weren't as explosive as I would have liked to see them. But nonetheless, Maury got the job done. Heading back to the state final again, and let me tell you, they want to they want to make sure they can get it done. You think about the freshmen, the sophomores, the, the juniors, the seniors that were around back in 2018 and, and, and in 2021, they want to get that ugly feeling of, of, of loss. Because let's be honest, let's be honest. 
Maury needs this. I'm excited to see this game. I'm excited. There's some other matchups as well. Phoebus going up against the, in their state title game. Going to be playing without their quarterback. It's going to be very, very difficult in my opinion. Phoebus, and I think it's going to be one of those things that as we transition to that Phoebus game very briefly. I'm very curious to see what happens when they play Heritage up in Lynchburg. Because without their quarterback, without Nolan James, who broke a bone early on in that game last season or last week, this is a scary matchup not only for Phoebus, but for Heritage. Heritage comes in, you know, 12 and 2. They've had a pretty good season so far. Their offense has been explosive. Phoebus has been the team that, in my opinion, has been the favorite. I think Phoebus has been the best team in the state of Virginia. But the best team in the state of Virginia without one of their best players in their quarterback is a completely different animal. Do I think they will win? I do. I think they have the pieces. That offense is very good. The defense is even better, I believe, than the offense is. I think they'll be able to stop them and, and have no problems getting getting through Heritage and winning a state title. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch that game. Obviously, I'm not going to go to Lynchburg. I'll probably stay here in Norfolk. I live right down the street from SB Ballard Stadium, so I may go there, watch that game. Should be a good one. Either way, if you are in the area, you should check it out as well. SB Ballard Stadium tomorrow. There's two games. There's one at 4.30 and there's one at noon. The Maury game is at noon. Go support the 757 like we do here in the Hampton Roads area. That's going to wrap things up for the 757 at 6. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. We'll be back next week, a full week of shows. As ODU basketball has, I think it's exam week or something like that. So no games next weekend or next week, rather. So it will be a a lot of 757 at 6 with yours truly and Tim Donnelly. Don't forget, text lines always open. Pitbull, tobacco, and more text line. 757-687-9494. Send us a text if you have something to talk about. We'll get back to it next week. Have a great rest of your evening. Have a great weekend. Enjoy some football. Army, Navy. Go Navy. Beat Army. Until then. Later.